Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful here with a name you know. You've seen her on AEW dozens and dozens of times. Now you're seeing her in NWA and especially on Always Ready, June 11th. You can check it out on Fight. We got Kylan King. Kylan, how you doing? Good. How are you? So glad to finally get to do this with you. Yeah, I mentioned off the air, like I've wanted to interview you for a long time. Uh, I I think you're a fascinating performer. You're you're very a unique performer, and not just that. The more your career goes on, the more unique you get. You're you're branching out and doing a lot of different things, and NWA is is one of those things. How are you feeling uh, doing work for the NWA so far? Oh, it's been awesome. Um, It literally was just like uh, I got an email. I was like, hell yeah, let's, let's add to the resume. Let's do this. It's, it's, it's a company with a lot of history to it. I said, it would be an honor to get to, um, what's, what's the word, uh, to regulate my name with them. Uh, so I showed up and they just, you know, it's a phenomenal place to work at. They just, they really love their wrestlers and they really love to tell stories and put on a good show for their fans. And, uh, you know, it's, it was just really cool. And now I get to find myself in this position so that's even cooler. So froze up a little bit. Oh no. Are no, that's frozen? A, yeah, I got your I got your audio back. So we're good. Okay. We're good. So uh, <laughs> as we look at this, I mean you you are wrestling everywhere. You you're all over the independent circuit, uh, but you've worked these uh NWA spots as well, including a a match with Chelsea Green and, and Genocide, which I thought was yeah. very cool. Are you signed to NWA? Or are you still a, technically a free agent and able to work elsewhere? I am still a free agent, um, you know, which part of me is kind of like, there's always that anxiety of like, you know, oh, does the company want me and stuff like that? Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's nice to have those liberties and just, just you know, be able to have, have and create my own schedule. Um, I feel like this past year, it's been a lot of exploring, uh, you know, because I spent the last two years of my career with AEW and I was there consistently doing, doing the job and, 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 you know, learning about myself. And now this past year, I've been able to just go out, whether it's at NWA on the independence, um, 
I've just been out being able to go out and explore and just have no constrictions, just do what I want. Um, which, you know, before AEW, I didn't really know what I wanted. I just, I was still figuring out my style and who I was as a wrestler in the ring towards the fans, um, towards my opponents. So having that liberty and being able to explore, you know, myself as a performer has been really, really cool. Um, but I, at, at the same token, it's also very, very awesome to be at NWA because I get to learn from the minds like Jazz and Medusa, Mickey James. Like I'm in the locker room with some, a lot of incredible ladies. Like you said, I had the triple threat with Genocide and Chelsea Green. And Chelsea Green is not somebody that I thought I was going to step in the ring with anytime <laughs> soon. So when I saw that match on the board, I was like, oh, that's cool. It's, it's been awesome. So uh, as you mentioned, you spent the last couple of years with AEW and typically how people come in on dark, they're losing a bunch of matches and that's just the way that it is. When you, when they yeah. come to you and they say, Hey, you're going to win tonight. You're going to win over not only that, a woman who had been on TNA wrestling in the past, globally exposed. Like, like we, like we knew who lady Tapa was. How did that feel for yeah. you? you? That had to feel like pretty good. Like they had an incredible amount of confidence in you. Yeah. I, I'm still to this day, not sure how that came about, like who made those decisions and stuff like that. But I know that there was a lot of people, you know, like when, when I was there and still wherever I go, I always pride myself. Like, I don't like to put myself over that much because, you know, it's just a matter of grinding and doing the work. But when I was there, especially like I was a workhorse, like I was always backstage by the board waiting, like, Hey, what can I do? You have another thing for me. All right, cool. Like I wanted to work. I wanted to learn. I want <laughs> I wanted to make money, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I was there like to, to just, you know, it was, it was business. I was there to work, um, you know, and I just, you know, so it was one of those things where I just put my head down and I was doing everything that I had to do to, uh, to get better and, and to get more eyes on me. And uh, I, I want to, I think it was Dustin who came up to me because uh, I just had my match with Britt Baker on Dynamite. And, uh, you know, it was really, I was like, on the high from that i was like ah, i got to be on dynamite against brit you know they were building her up it was a really cool moment um and then he came up to me he's like yeah uh we got a match for you tonight you're gonna go against lady tapa and immediately my brain's thinking like okay you know they want to see lady tapa and all that stuff and then when he was like yeah we're, we're gonna put you over i was like what? <laughs> <laughs> so and it was really really cool and um and then you know I didn't expect it to keep happening, but it did. And then a I lot. got to be. It uh, happened a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and it was you know, and it was one of those things where it was, it was one. I really took it as an honor, because mm. they they put um, enhancement talent over before, but but not to that extent. Yeah. And not only did they not only did they start giving me that, but they started involving me with with Swole and Velvet, two people that I have a lot of admiration and love for. Uh, and, you know, that I knew before AEW. So that was really, really cool. And then, you know, that led to me representing them at Empower for NWA and also being on All Out, you know, in the Women's Battle Royale. So it was just like, there was a lot of things that they allowed me to be a part of that as an unsigned talent, I was just like, that's incredible. I'm doing something correct because they have a lot of trust in me. So unfortunately my journey with them hasn't really been going anywhere lately, which is totally fine because mm -hmm. if you know anything about wrestling, it's a matter of time and place and being the thing that they need at the moment. So I'm just incredibly happy that I got to be there and I got to have those experiences because I don't think I would be the wrestler I am right now or even the performer I am right now if I hadn't been there on that journey, learning with them and, and having those those moments and opportunities. And, and you mentioned that that's 
doesn't seem to be going anywhere right now, but I mean, that has been a pretty noticeable omission, especially from somebody who I watch dark and elevation every single week. And you were not only a regular, like, I, like we said, you won like 15 matches. There are people there that haven't been. Yeah. It was like 15 matches. There are people that have been there for three and a half or three years since the beginning that don't have that many wins on TV. Like was, was there a definitive point where they said, Oh, we're going a different direction or you did like, how did how did that work? Because I did notice, like around the new year, it was a little less. I mean, as far as I know, me and AEW are good. It okay, just good. got to a point. Yeah, it just got to a point where, um, you know, no contract had been offered. There have been no talks about it. So I was, you know, and I was starting to get, you know, emails from NWA and stuff like that. And there was a lot of companies on the independents who really wanted to put their titles on me and have me be very regular there. Uh, and, and, you know, and work storylines. And that was the point that I wanted to switch into. Like, I, I didn't want to just have matches anymore. I wanted to have storylines. I wanted to have feuds. I wanted to start leaving little marks in my wrestling career yeah. where, you know, 10, 20 years from now, people can go back and be like, oh, that feud was so great. You know, they, they hated each other and they made me believe that. And, you know, so that's the point in my career that I'm at right now. I just, just having a match to have a match was not something I wanted. Um, so, you know, like I, I've had many conversations with Billy Gunn, um, a couple of the people who recruit for Dark. I was like, hey, like, I love you guys, but I got to go off and do my own thing for now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so the, the door is still open. You know, like I said, I've talked to Billy Gunn. He's like, he's like, you know, that door's open. I'll always make sure it's open. Um, but right now, I think I'm just on a journey trying to create my own stardom because, you know, like I started with AEW when nobody really knew who I was. I was only about two three years in like actually debuting on the independence so while you know i was getting a lot of recognition while i was at AEW, i really still was nobody and so right now it's the point in my career where i've got to make people understand like okay yeah uh i was a nobody but i'm gonna become somebody and then we'll just see where i end up you know what i mean so and it doesn't seem like they hold that against anybody when they're like oh yeah. i i, I want to go on this different path i've heard mm -hmm. Tons of wrestlers tell me that where they're like, I'm very fortunate that I got to appear on dark or this or that, but they understand that that's not everybody's path and that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. Yeah. Cause everybody's, everybody's on their own journey. Everybody has different desires and expectations for what they want to see in their career and what they want to become as a performer and as a wrestler. Mm -hmm. And if, if you go to a company and that spot isn't, <clears throat> isn't there for you at that current time, there's no shame in saying, Hey, I need to go somewhere else where I can, where I can become that kind of, uh, uh, how do I phrase myself to get yourself to that level? Sometimes you got to go somewhere else to build yourself up to that level. That way, you know, if your journey comes full circle and you go back to that company, they're like, all right, now you're ready for this spot, you know, cause sometimes, you know, they have different visions than you have. And there's nothing wrong with that because wrestling is very subjective. Everybody has a different idea of where, what, where things need to go. So and I think that was part of mine too. It's just like, I felt like I was ready to go to the next level and have storylines, but I was still, you know, I was still nobody. So I had to go out and start showing people like, Hey, um, if nobody's going to put camera in front of me, I'm going to put the camera in front of myself. And I'm going to show people that I'm not just a good wrestler. I'm a storyteller too. So that's, that's, that's where I'm at. And I think that's where a lot of people are at too, because sometimes, you know, if the camera doesn't get put on front of them and they have all these ideas going on in their head, they got to go somewhere and yeah. they got to do it. That way they can ex explore and experiment and see what works and what doesn't. And not only that, I mean, I mentioned how not only that you, your look is unique, your work is unique. You, you have this, like this aura about you. 
it's okay to go explore that. And if, if yeah. you ever feel like you want to go back, it seems like they'd be more than happy to bring you back. You had like 40, 50 matches with them as well. <laughs> and we've talked about AEW and NWA. There's a bit of a hybrid of that. You, you effectively represented AEW uh, last year at Empower with, with Red Velvet. What was, I mean, that, that had to feel good too, that they, they called upon you to do that. And that is, it was very clearly an important thing. And you got to do it with Red Velvet, who you worked with a bunch. Yeah, she's one of, <clears throat> excuse me, she's one of my best friends. So like, I remember the day uh, we were at tapings, I was in the bathroom getting ready for a match and uh, Velvet came into the bathroom and she found me. She's like, hey, Christopher Daniels is looking for you. And like, Christopher Daniels doesn't look for people, at least not for me that often. Like he'll come, he would come and find me and like give yeah. me some critiques about my mask the night before. But like actually like searching for me, like that had never happened before. So I'm sitting there going like, oh no, what did I do? Am I trouble? <laughs> like I was like, I, I remember I just immediately started shaking. I was like, why does Christopher Daniels need to see me? So I went out into the hallway. He was there. And then like Velvet was about to go run off. And he's like, no, 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 no I need you too. And she was like, oh, oh, oh okay. So, <laughs> so we, we, we both stopped and we talked to him. And then that's when he told us like, hey, we'd like you guys to go represent us at the Empower pay-per-view, uh, the All Women's pay-per-view. And her and I were just like, and, and, and I remember he phrased it like, like, let me know what if you want to do that. And, I, and her and I are just like, yes, we want to do that. Like, you don't need to, we don't need to give you time to think about it. Like, yes, we want to do this. So it was really cool. And I always tell people, like, I always appreciate the fact that it was her that I got to do that with, because like I alluded to earlier, her and I knew each other before AEW and we had had, it was one of those friendships where the moment we met each other, we kind of knew like, we we get each other we like each other uh so the fact that we got to end up in AEW together and then we got to start tagging together and then we got to be on our first pay-per-view together as a tag team i was like how cool is that so it was it was i i feel like i used this expression so much and i apologize but it was a full circle moment like i really i'm i love seeing those kinds of things happen where it's like something feels special but you don't know why and then all these things happen and it comes back to fruition and you're just like ah that's why because we were meant to do big things together so it was really cool. And, and speaking of big things, you got Camille at Always Ready. I know you've you've wrestled her before. How did you feel like your chemistry was in the ring? Because, like, as we'll get into, there's not a lot of people that can match up with you physically, and she's yeah. one of them that can. Um, <clears throat> the the first time we ever stepped in the ring together, uh, it was definitely a new experience. Cause like you just said, I don't step in the ring with big girls that often. I think the only other girl that I've wrestled, uh, that is really my size, actually create two girls that I wrestled that are really my size was, uh, Savannah Evans and, uh, <clears throat> maybe Sawyer. Yeah. Um, uh, Sawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually she's bigger than me. <laughs> she's yeah. I saw her backstage um, at GCW and I was like, Oh my gosh. Like photos didn't do it justice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like it doesn't, it doesn't happen that often. So it, it was very, very cool. Or so, it is going to be very, very cool. Um, yeah. because, um, and I think too, the fact that that NWA is presenting the story that we both come from the same stomping grounds. Mm -hmm. We both have the same trainers, uh, you know, the same veteran minds gave us our, our knowledge in this business. So, um, the fact that we went off on two very different journeys, uh, two, two different companies, two different um, times of exploring and figuring ourselves out. And now like when we're in a point in our career where we're really thriving, we get to come back and uh, have this big title match together. 
And you kind of you mentioned it earlier, like there there's not a lot of women right now in wrestling that are six feet plus. I remember meeting Jessamine Duke at an MMA fight like ten years ago here in Kentucky, and I was like, "You should get into wrestling." Because six-foot athletic women do not grow on trees, especially in wrestling. I think it'd be unique. Now we're seeing it a little bit more. Like, Allison Kay has been around for a while. There's yourself. There's Sawyer. There's Camille. Like, there are a few of them. And not only that, it's the the athleticism isn't compromised as a result of this at all. Like, it's not like you're you're dealing with somebody who can't do anything. Like, you guys are capable of so much. I mean, how, how did that affect your training? compared to everybody else I mean I kind of love that you like that you set that up for me because that's that's one of the things that I really love about big women in this day and age in wrestling is I feel like we don't settle for just being big women Mm -hmm. because there was there was a period of time where you would go back and you would watch wrestling and if a girl was big like she didn't do a lot you know you got got the claw hold and the and the chop to the head like one of those yeah (laughs) she kind of just stood there and she took a lot of crap and then one I, I come from a background where I played, you know, I have five brothers. So growing yeah. up, it was a very competitive atmosphere. Any sport that I could get my hands on, I played it. And then, of course, when I got into um, my more adult years, I got into uh, MMA, a style called Kwamukong Karate. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of judo and jiu-jitsu. And I competed in a lot of, um, a lot of uh, kumite. So, like, I did a lot of sparring and stuff like that. So when I got into wrestling, I didn't just want to be a big girl. I wanted to be very much a hybrid wrestler. And I love the fact that I'm not the only big girl these days that feels that way, because now when we do have these big girl matches, it, there's so much more to bring to it. Cause not only do you get these moments of like, Oh my gosh, these, these girls are big and they're intimidating. But once we get going, you're like, Oh, I wasn't expecting that. That's really cool. And I love having those kind of moments. I'm sorry. I forgot the other half of the question. I got caught up in, in the first part of what I was saying. But No, I, I, was, uh, I was asking like how that affected your training, but you mentioned your, your MMA background. Like I can tell yeah. you for me personally, if I wouldn't have trained MMA before I did pro wrestling, it, the, the learning curve would have been a lot higher. Like being able to learn how to break fall, knowing how and when to pin somebody, that, that was affected. But like, did, how much did that help you when you got into pro wrestling training, even just having that, that base? Yeah. Um, understanding how to like roll and how to, how to throw your body down. That helped me tremendously, uh, especially with, uh, judo because judo, oh, yeah. you know, you, you got to learn how to slap out. You know, if somebody does some kind of crazy throw, you got to learn how to tuck and roll and do all these kinds of things, but also <laughs> I was the crazy person because I I've known I knew for a really long time I wanted to be a professional wrestler. It was just one of those, you know, if you go back and watch any of my previous interviews, it's one of those things where I kind of stayed away from it just for some personal reasons for uh, just certain people in my life who weren't crazy about it. And I had to go through like this phase of where it's like, okay, I did the thing where I was respecting your wishes, but now it's time for me to, to live for me. Mm-hmm. And this is real what this is what I really want. Uh, so when I finally came to the conclusion, I'm like, hey, this isn't a daydream anymore. We're actually going to do this. I was still in, in uh, my martial arts training at the time. So I was the crazy person who would go on YouTube, look up professional wrestling drills. Yeah. And then I would go to my dojo and, and as best as I could, I would replicate what I saw. So even before I got into a, a Team 3D Academy with Bubba and Devon and Billy, like I was teaching myself how to do slap out drills. And yeah. how to do the blow up, like the roll, the 
the rolling drills to blow yourself up. Like I was doing all that stuff. And uh, so I remember when I first got into a wrestling ring and they were trying, they were starting to teach me how to roll. One of my instructors looked at me and he's like, you already know how to do some of this stuff, don't you? And I was like, yeah. And he was just like, did you train somewhere else? I was like, technically no. And then I explained it to him and he was just like, Good for you. Okay, I, cool. I've talked to so many people that would just watch Tough Enough and break down like any of the in-ring training they would do there. Like oh, yeah. when they would learn how to run the ropes and stuff. And there there are a couple people that I know that made it very far before they ever went to school because they yeah. they learned how to run ropes and, and bump based on that. I, I mentioned one of the girls that's, you said even bigger than you saw your, I mean, what, yes. that's very cool. Not only that, did, have you guys been able to be in the ring against each other, but like seeing you guys team recently was very cool because that isn't something that I've seen period like ever. Like that is such a fantastic imposing team, but it's not like that imposing where it's just like strict intimidation. You all have this, this outstanding charisma about you where you look like you're enjoying brutally beating the shit out of people. (laughs) And I really like that. It's like you all are one upping each other and like, no, no, let me do it even better. I loved it. Her, her and I, come, she comes from Team 3D as well. Like yeah. her and I are from the same school as well. And when we were in training together, people would tell us all the time, you guys need to tag. Yeah. You guys need to tag. And like, we would even like, sometimes in class, we would even cut promos together as a tag team. Like we would do all this stuff. Um, and then when we both started doing the independence, we always got booked against each other in singles matches. Yeah. We would never get booked as a tag team. And every single time we get booked against each other, we would go to the show, we would have our mask, and then all the people backstage would be like, you guys should tag. And we're like, yeah, you think? Somebody book it. Like, <laughs> so, so fast forward like four plus years later, and then um, Billy Stark, a, a, a good friend of ours, yeah. she was having, she was running her like her own show for her birthday, and she hit us up and she's like, hey, I want to book you guys as a tag team. Is that cool? And I immediately texted Sawyer and I was like, thank goodness, finally somebody is doing it. And uh, so like back, back a while ago, when when we kept talking about it, we had a couple ideas that we threw around like for names and stuff like that. But then because it never happened, we kind of just let it go. And then um, once we got the text from Billy, uh, Sawyer immediately texted me and was like, hey, these are the names that I remember. Which one did you like the most? And the overreactors one was the best because her and I are both like, very adamant feminist, um, you know, definitely a big, big folks for equality and just being treated equally and all that stuff. So we were like, hey, we are two really big girls who are tagging together, who obviously, like, if you spend any time with us, you know, that's, that's our voice. That's what we will preach about. Um, not only that, but we, like, uh, not so much now, but when, in our earlier careers, we would get booked in, in our gender matches all the time. Mm-hmm. And the very first time we got booked as a tag team, we got booked in an intergender tag match. Yeah. So I was just like, I was like, we have to be the overreactors and we have to make sure that like when they introduce us, they really point out like they say, you know, like ovaries. And then like we do the whole like thing. I was like, I was like, it's perfect because now we're gonna come uh, out with this attitude, like, yeah, we're females and we're here and we have something to prove. So if you look at us, like the way we look at each other when we do our entrance, it's just like yes, yeah, we're too and we're about to screw these people up like we're about to mess them up (laughs) it's a very genuine energy because that's truly what we love to do we love being the big girls in the room that people are like oh 
it doesn't matter whether they wrestle a girl or they're dudes, somebody's getting beat up tonight. So it's just a great, it's a great natural vibe. Are you all are you all looking to team more? Because I, I think there's definitely the airport appeal thing with you, where if you're walking through an airport, somebody might be like, I don't know what they do, but I know they do something important. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially with you two side by side. Oh my gosh, we would go into, like, when we were still in training, and, you know, when we'd be leaving school and going to the grocery store or something, every single time we went into a store, somebody would stop and be like, y'all big. Like, <laughs> literally those words. And her reaction would always be, yeah, yeah, we are, aren't we? Huh. Kind of cool, huh? And she would just walk away. Never noticed that <laughs> at all. <laughs> and I would just laugh because she just loves to be sarcastic like that. Because, you know, when you are a big girl, especially like you said, side by side in a public place, people are like, yeah, what? So it just the fact that we would always see comments like that, it just got to the point where it's like, yeah, holy crap, we are kind of big, huh? <laughs> You, you mentioned having five brothers. Where do you rank on the height chart among these siblings, and how tall is your tallest brother? Oh, my gosh. I think, believe it or not, I'm the shortest. Actually, no, oh. that's not true. My mom is the shortest. Like, if you were sure. including parents, my mom is the shortest. Yeah. She's like 5'9". Uh, Sibling-wise, I'm the shortest. I think my tallest brother is 6'4", six, 6'5". I mean, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty close range to keep six siblings in between like what, six feet, six oh, foot yeah. one and six four. Some of us, some of us are around the same height. I know two of my brothers, like we're all like dead on like six foot. Um, yeah. I want to say my tallest brother is probably my brother, Ian. I feel like he's the tallest one, either him or, or my brother, Scott. But yeah, it's, I, I want to say it's around that range, six, four, six, five. You know what I like to do? I like to confuse people about my height because I always say that I'm really tall online and then they meet me and they'll size me up and they either think that I'm like 5'5 five five or 6'4 in person. So when they oh, meet no. me and I'm just a normal height, they're very thrown off. But then I'll like get Layla Hirsch to take a picture of her standing on a chair next to me or something. Like I, I, I just oh like them. It's, it's just fun to mess with people. Because yeah. I, I can always see them, like, doing the, how tall are you really? Like, what shoes are you wearing type of thing? Fun story. Uh, when we when I was at AEW more consistently, um, I had these, like, if I didn't have a match or anything that night, I was just chilling. I would put on my nice outfit. And I'm, I'm more of a pants girl, so I would always wear some kind sure. of, like, leather pants or jeans or whatever. And I would always tie it in with my high heel boots. And now my high heel boots. Like my go-to ones are like they're thick and they're like this. So I'm already way taller than Layla, right? So whenever I didn't have anything going on, I wanted to look nice. I would put those boots on. And every single time I would walk backstage with those boots on, she would just stop, look at me, and be like, "Screw you!" And just walk away. <laughs> She's like, "Take those off. Go take those off. You don't need to be wearing those. That's unnecessary." too much and I was just like I was just laughing and then she would finish it with like why did you put those on because like, I can <laughs> sometimes I would just put them on just to make her mad because it was just her reaction was oh she's wonderful too she's wonderful uh but she, she's a fan hope she heals up soon uh or oh my gosh yeah a reminder, guys, NWA always ready June 11th. 
Uh, as we wrap up, I, I would love to know like anything more about your experience in, in training at, at Team 3D. Like, I don't know how much time that you, you spent like specifically with a Baba Ray or a Devon together individually, but uh, maybe some of the, the background in training there. Yeah, so when I when I moved to Florida, I wasn't 100% sure where I was going to go. My instinct was just to move to Florida. And then I was very lucky to have met somebody at my gym who trained at Team 3D. And so when I got there, uh, you, right away, you can just tell, like, this is legit. This is the place I need to go because they're, they're, they do not joke around with their training. It was, yeah. you, would, you would show up, you would stretch and do core for, like, 20 minutes. Then you would spend the next hour and a half doing drills. And it was like this little room in the back of an old school gym that had no AC, just <laughs> one or two big fans to keep the ring dry and stuff like that. So you would do drills and these drills were like in and out of the ring, lifting weights, doing more stuff, like could barely breathe kind of thing. And then once all that was done, then you would get in the ring and you would work on wrestling. And, uh, and their regimen was very like broken down and very strict because they wanted to make sure that anybody who left their school and was representing not only the school's name, but their names, knew what they were doing yes that they would represent them well um i was there for almost two 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 and a half years mm -hmm. before i even had actually no i'm sorry i was there for a year and a half or so before i ever had my first match and then even after i had my first match i was there for like another uh half a year year and a half um training because they just they're very adamant and they keep up with like any of their students who they know are taking it seriously they keep up with them they, yeah. they keep in check they're like hey how you doing um like i remember uh one time uh, i was working at cracker barrel uh after mm -hmm. i started finally doing independence and ring of honor was this was in orlando and ring of honor was in town for pay-per-view and bubba came into the cracker barrel that i worked at <laughs> and uh he like it was it was like one of those really intense moments where I was in the middle of walking to one of my tables as he was walking to the stand to get, to get a table. Yeah. And I just looked up and we both made eye contact and I went, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he saw me and then he was like, Hey, I want one of her tables. So they, they put him in my section and it was just one of those things where every single time I came to take his order or check on him, he'd be like, Hey, how you doing? What have you been up to? Where have you been working at? Like, like, you know, are you still training? Blah, blah, blah. Like, so you know, like, that's just a, a silly story, like a, a random yeah. moment. But even then, like, it was about like, hey, I'm checking up on you kind of thing. So they're very adamant about making sure that the people who are, who are putting the work in and are very serious about it, that they are finding the most success. And like, I've even had them reach out to me, you know, like, hey, like, I've seen what you're up to. I'm really proud of you. Like, if you ever need any advice, please hit me up. So like, even even when you're not training with them anymore, they, they really want to make sure that their kids are doing all right. Uh, which I think is is really cool that he's going to be there for this pay-per-view now. They just announced that the other yeah. day. I was like, again, full circle. It's just like one, two of his kids are, are having a really big moment together, and he's going to be there not only to commentate, but to witness it. So I'm just like, oh, this is really, really cool. I but, think I think he's invaluable to media. Like I remember one time I was going to oh, do yeah. a media call with him, and I was uh, admittedly I was a little hesitant because sometimes you get on those and people will be in character, and it's a waste of time. <laughs> but he he wasn't, and he was so introspective and nice and detailed, and it's like, oh, shit. You see why even back in ECW, he got so much responsibility there, and they trusted yeah. him with so much stuff, and he was just this fountain of knowledge. And then Devon, I've been hearing he's going to be doing a lot of work at the PC, which, of course, yeah. why wouldn't he be when he's got the track record 
that he does with with so much talent. Like it makes an awful lot of sense. So yeah, make I, I'm so, loving I'm I'm loving their contributions even modern day to pro wrestling. Bubba was one of the first. I mean, there there were other people who would like give us lectures about this, but Bubba was one of the first people who ever gave me the lecture about how important social media was mm-hmm. in regards to building your career because there's a lot of people who who take that for granted who are just like they're more worried about getting the booking as opposed to making the booking matter yeah uh and he was one of the first people that was like hey you know those little app thingies that you like to get on every day yeah there's <laughs> a reason for them especially in pro wrestling he's like post something every single day even if it's just a selfie because guess what? Somebody who saw your thing or somebody who didn't see your post yesterday might see your post today. And then all of a sudden you go from having this many followers to this many followers or this many people caring about what you're doing to this many people caring about what you're doing. It's, it's, so now it's kind of funny because now I, I help uh, train, I train at Gang Girls School. Uh, oh, he's wonderful too. Florida. Yes. Um, so I train with him at the CCW uh, Coastal Championship Wrestling Facility. And, uh, you know, I get to, I get to help train some of the kids there sometimes too. Uh, and that's a lecture that I have with them all the time is they're like, you know, like, you know, I'm working really hard. I'm trying to get, you know, booked in other states and get people to pay attention. Like, what do I do? And I was like, you post every single day, every Any day. single time you get a booking, make it matter. Don't be, don't wait for a promoter to tell you to cut a promo, go cut a promo. Uh, if there's a connection somewhere between you and your opponent, make that connection and make people go, oh shoot, this is personal. Like you have to do those things in order to make people, because people don't care about the wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> they appreciate the wrestling. They, when they watch it and they see you take the bumps and they see you do the flips and all that stuff, they appreciate it. But the thing that really gets people, like think about it, any pay-per-view that you were really into, what was the moment that made you lean into the TV and go, oh crap, it wasn't the wrestling. It was what was happening between the wrestling, the storytelling, the somebody coming out and to interfere or somebody switching gears and, and turning heel. Like it was those kinds of things that made you go, Oh, you know what I'm saying? So like, that's what I try to tell people is like, use those, those platforms to make people care because that's the stuff that they pay attention to. And, and, and your I platforms, wouldn't know that if it wasn't for Bubba. Your platforms are doing fantastically well. I mean, you've got more, right. more of a following on social media than a lot of WWE and NXT people that I see as well without that consistent global presence. Like that's, that's you building it yourself. And- Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, and gaining that interest, so I think that's that's a fantastic point. Especially, like I'm I'm not an Instagram guy, but I cannot possibly underscore the importance of Instagram enough oh. on that. Especially if you're an independent wrestler, because that stuff yeah. does very very well. My explore page is just independent wrestlers that that pop up. Yeah, 
And Instagram is probably one of the easier ones to use in order to promote yourself because Twitter, there's so many like different links that get you all the places and you get lost in it. Yeah. Like I always tell people like my go-to is Instagram because it's, it's very plain and simple. Post a picture, post a story, put a caption to it so they understand the relevancy of it and then you're done. Um, Twitter, sometimes you got to get a little bit more in detail about things and it can get a little, you know, you can get a little lost in it, but both are still super important. And like, and it, it goes back to what I said earlier. If somebody doesn't want to put a camera in front of you because they just don't see it at the time, cool, put the camera in front of yourself. There's a lot of, uh, I think a lot of things that people don't, or a lot of things that wrestlers like slip, slip by. There's a lot of similar photographers out there oh, in yeah. pro wrestling these days who just show up. Like I, I met my buddy Roland um, at Mission Pro and he's a fantastic cinematographer. And, uh, uh, you know, he reached out to me one day and was like, hey, I realized that we both live in Florida. I'm looking for more work. I brought him to one of the shows that I'm a champion at and that I work regularly because I knew they would trust me. So I'm like, hey, bring this guy in. He's going to make, he's going to give you footage that's going to make your stuff look like TV quality. Of course. Stuff. So now whenever he comes to shows, I always make sure that I film a bunch of different stuff with him. And then that way I can get it from him, edit myself, put music to it and make it look like a video package that you wouldn't see on TV. And people pay attention. Like, like if you post a video or a promo or anything like that, people are going to watch it. Yeah. But when you post high quality stuff with, with like legit editing, where it's like, it's not just you talking in front of the camera the whole time. It's you talking. And then all of a sudden it cuts to the moment that you're talking about, like those kinds of things technology and, and social media make it so easy for us to, to create content like that. And content like that is what's going to make people in the big companies go, oh, they exactly. treat their quality of work like this. So therefore, we don't have to worry about bringing that out in them. We're already going to do it. Yeah. So let's bring this person in because they're going to give us good, good work. Oh, Giancarlo so. got hired by WWE off the stuff that he did for GCW. Like all those amazing yeah. spring break videos that that I, I looked at and I'm like, how the hell can Joey Janela afford this? Like, what what the what's going on here? And it was like the passion of John Carlo to the point to where now, if MJF does anything, AEW's not doing it. John Carlo's doing it. So I mean, like that, yeah, like that type of stuff is is super important. And I see all kinds of talented photographers backstage at GCW and stuff like that. I. I don't take photos of myself like ever. And I got like <laughs> so many different photos at, at spring break. Like the, and they were, I was like, I looked at them and I was like, Oh my God, this is better than anything I've ever had. And they were, yeah. it was just crawling all over the place. So, I mean that, that the ability to make that content is out there. And I think you're right. Like you have to do it. You have to employ it. I think that Twitter is a hell site. I hate it. I hate that that's where my following it's is. Rough. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's horrible. But uh, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without it. And there's so many wrestlers that wouldn't be able to do what they do without it either. But yeah, you're, you're going to be doing what you're doing at NWA Always Ready, June 11th. So if somebody's on the fence about ordering this show as we wrap up, tell, them, tell me what you would tell them to get them to order this show. Well, first off, there's a little throw up right now because we got some stuff going on with Matt Cardona. So we have no idea, yeah. you know, like people, people are expecting one thing and now something else is going to be happening. So it's definitely worth tuning in to see where that story is going to go and what, what's going to happen. Um, but also you got the mother of Kane on her second pay-per-view with NWA ever. Uh, and not only am I back at NWA, but I'm here for a title shot. And that's a pretty big opportunity for me. I've, I've stated it many times this year that 2022 is going to be the year of Kylan King and that I want to go everywhere 
and take all the titles, conquer all the territories, and NWA is my next stop. And we have a really cool story between Camille and I. Uh, we're, we're like we said earlier, we come from the same stomping grounds. We've learned from the same veterans in this business. And now we get to tell that story of, you know, who's, who's the better opponent that day. Uh, and I think that's gonna be a really intense, incredible match, matchup and story that her and I are gonna tell. So that's definitely another reason to tune into this. Plus, um, I don't, I don't wanna like, there, there's probably gonna be a new woman's champion after this, there you this go. show. So, Five. so that is witness, witness the King take down the brick house and, the and win the bird. I think there are five title matches uh, in addition to that. I mean, if, if you're into yeah. women's wrestling, there are three women's re wrestling matches booked on the show. Aaron Stevens' yeah. uh, retirement, his swan song. You've got Ricky and Carrie Morton. If you haven't seen Carrie Morton, I talked to him this past week. He is a ball of charisma. He's going to be very fun to watch emerge. you got Harry Smith and Doug Williams teaming up. I love that team. I am such a dork for catch wrestling. So seeing them <laughs> team up is amazing. Uh, lots of stuff on this show. Check it out. NWA Always Ready, June 11th. Kylan King, I've wanted to interview you forever. I hope I get to sooner than later again. Absolutely. Let's do it. Until next time, guys, we're out. Hey, guys, I hope you all enjoyed this interview. But let me tell you how you can enjoy your online experience even more with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Change your virtual location with just one click on all your devices. We'll get that right out of the way. Phone, laptop, desktop, PC, your router, your TV, everything. It's so helpful when you're traveling. You can change your virtual location. Maybe you're abroad. You want to watch all the shows that you're used to. Or maybe you want to watch shows a little bit earlier. Maybe you want to buy pay-per-views at a reduced rate thanks to some services overseas. Maybe you want to check out what's on the menu of those other services overseas. But it's not just that. You get that threat protection, block online trackers, block malware, block annoying pop-up ads with NordVPN.com slash Fightful, and you get a great deal. Not only do you get a great deal, up to 70% off, you get a month free and a 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. I use it every day. You're going to love it.